even though you can't see their smile, you can feel their smile. Most cast members seem genuinely happy to be seeing guests. Welcome back, everybody, to another bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And today we have with us Justin. Justin and his family recently had a stay at the beach club here during the sort of limited reopening that they had for the resorts before the parks opened back up. And so I wanted to have Justin on, as we did with Brittany, to just hear about his experience and share it with folks out there so you can get a sense of what it's been like staying at the parks during this period of time. So let me start by saying welcome, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for all the work that you were doing with your podcast as well. It's great content. I've been listening since about March or so since COVID has been really taking over and have been really enjoying all the content you guys put out. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's, it's nice to hear someone's listening out there. And I find it's a way for my wife and I to get our Disney fix just talking about Disney. So um, we're hoping people are finding it uh, enjoyable to listen to and get a little bit of a Disney fix themselves. But so you're you guys took a trip down to the beach club and it sounds like now where, where are you from, Justin? Where do you live currently? We are from Illinois, probably it's 60 miles, but about oh, 80 minutes away from Chicago Midway Airport, which is a major hub for Southwest. And that's how we took off on this trip. Well, let's talk about a little bit. Brittany drove down. I'm interested to hear a little bit about your experience flying down. So, you know, what was it like at, at Midway? And it sounds like you might have, did you fly Southwest? What was it like getting down there on the on the airline? This flight was much, much different than flights in the past, as you can imagine. We left June 26th, stayed to July 1st. June 26th was a Friday. We got up extremely early for our kids. I have a nine-year-old boy and a six-year-old daughter. I think we woke up around three or so and left here at 3.45 in the morning. We were on the first flight, first nonstop flight from Chicago Midway down to MCO. There were very few people in the airport. It was much, much slower, a multiple slower. All of the shops are closed in the airport. Probably 90, upper 90% uh, of people were wearing face masks. All Southwest airline personnel were wearing face masks. We boarded the plane in groups of 10 this time. I don't know if you're familiar with Southwest, but they usually have A, a boarding group, then B boarding group, and then C boarding group. And then they have people with medical issues or family boarding in between there. But this time they called people up in groups of 10. So A, 1 through 10, 11 through 20. So the boarding process was much slower. And then when we got on the airplane, we, my family of four anyway, were able to have our middle seats open and almost everybody on the plane did as well. So that's much, much different than uh, times past. In MCO, again, very, very slow. Now, some of this might be a combination of the time of the day. It was very early, like I said, but overall, you know, we arrived, it was after nine in the morning when we arrived in Orlando, and it was very, very slow there as well. So much so, when we made our way to Magical Express and we were able to utilize Mag Magical Express for this trip, there was no one. My wife took a picture of, she kind of trailed back behind the three of us and took a picture. There was no one at Magical Express. There was one cast member there. She took our, she scanned our magic bands, got us in line. There was no one in line. There were two cast members. They wheeled a portable plexiglass thing and again, scanned our, our wristbands, said Beach Club Villas. We said, yes, they had us, sent us out to bus 44. We went out there, a nice Magical Express driver greeted us, said, you guys heading to Beach Club Villas? Yes, we are. Come on in. So we boarded. There was no one seated there. Shortly thereafter, he boarded. Close the door and we were off. 
<laughs> so personal express, personal magical yes. express. Yeah. yeah. We were the yeah. only family on magical express. And, and on the magical express itself, did they have like, they have any markings or sit here signs or don't sit here kind of signs on the bus? The only thing when we were boarding, they asked us to sit on at row three or behind. There was nothing marked off or anything like that. It looked much cleaner than normal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Well, you got onto property, assuming the roads were pretty clear for the Magic Express. Mm -hmm. But what, what was it like getting on property, getting to your hotel? And when you pulled up to the beach club, what were your sort of first impressions? The beach club, it was our first stay at the beach club. We've stayed in that area before at Boardwalk, but it was our first stay at the beach club. It's... It's a beautiful resort. We did use online check-in, but a room number never showed up into the app, and we didn't get those text messages that we normally do. So we just walked over the check-in line. Again, there wasn't anyone in the lobby. So it was a little creepy, honestly. It was very different than what we're used to. Mm. It took us a few days to get used to the emptiness and that type of Walt Disney World. But almost every cast member that we interacted with were very happy that guests were there and they were able to help us. After that, we started to make our way through the lobby area atrium, and there were two bell services gentlemen there. They stopped and chatted with us for a little bit. Even though you can't see their smile, you can feel their smile. Most cast members seem genuinely happy to be seeing guests. The service, the grounds, they haven't lost their Disney touch. Just for our listeners, I should point out, so you're there on a DVC stay because I know the yeah the resort won't reopen to regular guests until August 24th. So you were there on a DVC stay because the, all of the DVC villas reopened last week or the week before. So the, I'm guessing that resort felt pretty empty because there are no other resort guests property. It would just be DVC stays. We had a DVC stay. Our original reservation was just for a garden view room. This was our third of four consecutive reservations, and we were kind of doing some resort hopping from resort to resort. This third leg, we had an irregular resort room, Garden View. We got a phone call maybe two weeks beforehand. They asked us if they, we wanted to cancel, modify, or go. And we were like, no, we want to go. So we got a one-bedroom villa upgrade. That was a pleasant surprise. Come back to your question about how it felt. We were swimming in a pool one day, and we were chatting it up with a, one of the lifeguards or I don't even know if she was a lifeguard or another data collector that they had. They were collecting data everywhere. She had mentioned that the resort was at 25%. Now, my wife, Tracy, and I were chatting for a while, and there is no way they were at 25%. They were in single digit. There's nothing in my can be done to convince me anything different. I would say the same went for Boardwalk as well. We would walk back and forth between Boardwalk and Beach Club four out of the five nights, and we might see one other family. There was one night we didn't see any anyone on that walk. Well, my guess is that the resort hotels can take up to 25% of their normal occupancy. But my guess is, to your point, that's the maximum they'll take, but they're nowhere near it right now. So, or we're nowhere exactly. near it when you were there. So yeah, it's not surprising. Let's go back to your check-in experience. So, you know, Brittany was saying that they have lots of plexiglass up in the Polynesian and things like that. Did you notice anything specific at the check-in experience, you know, related to COVID in terms of safety protections? Definitely. I think there were four sections of plexiglass and then spaces in between. So you could definitely tell that they are keeping their staff members safe on both ends, safe from the guest, obviously, with that plexiglass. But those pieces of plexiglass are also spaced out so that they can physically distance from each other on their side as well. And when you got to the room, what, if anything, did you notice about kind of anything that was, you know, 
I think Brittany mentioned things like, you know, they didn't have dishware out. Like there was lots of single serve prepackaged kind of cups and dishes that, you know, normally in a DVC resort, you'd see dishes and things of that nature. But anything strike you about the room? Did it seem clean? You know, those sorts of things. The room was definitely cleaner than, and like, I don't, I've never stayed at a beach club villa like that before. DVC stays extremely rare for our family. It was clean. They had the two remote controls in each room in packages. Difference between Brittany's visit and ours, you know, there was all the silverware, coffee pot out, uh, plates, bowls, cups, glasses. Everything was stocked as normal in there. And then Stormalong Bay was closed. So you mentioned going to the pool. Which <laughs> which pool were you using? Even though Stormalong Bay was closed, I still hung on to a little bit of hope that maybe we'd catch some of the soft opening but uh, that didn't happen. So I think that means that after my kids walked by several times that we will be staying at Beach Club again in the near future. We did a lot of swimming on day two. We went down to the quiet pool that is by International Gateway, and we were the only family there for about two hours or so until our friends came to visit us. So I think we swam there for an hour and then we walked over to Boardwalk. The kids swam for a while and the adults took advantage of their pool bar. I'll back up a little bit. On Friday when we showed up, we did not have a dinner reservation for Beaches and Cream, but we were able to just walk up and, and they, they said, no problem. They sat some other groups and then they sat us down. And then also in day two, my family of four had a table reservation, but we walked up and said, hey, we have another family with a, with us. Is it okay if we eat together? They said, no problem. Give us about 20 minutes. And then they sat us down. What other restaurants were open? Did you notice? Other restaurants in the area that were open, not a whole lot. You know, the Yacht Club was completely closed off and it was interesting to watch. Yeah. We walked all the way down to, what is it, the fitness center where they kind of divide the two resorts and everything was blocked off right there. Even on the inside, you couldn't get through. On the outside, it was all fenced off there too because they were working on installing the fence over at Yacht Club for the NBA. So nothing was available at Yacht Club. So over on the other side, Swan and Dolphin, that was completely closed off too for, I believe it's Major League Soccer. So now you're left with options at the Beach Club and Boardwalk. And I'm trying to think about what was available at the boardwalk. The bakery was open. None of the stuff, those little stands, Margarita Joe's, um, none of those were open. The pizza window, I think Trattoria was open. Nothing else is coming to mind in that area. We had lunch a couple times in the Beach Club Marketplace. Let's see, we went to Kadani one day, we went to Polly one day, we ate at both of those places. Did it pick up at all while you were there? Okay, at the beach club, those quiet pools were very, very slow. When we went over to Boardwalk, it was it was much busier. When we went out to Kadani and swam there, it was much busier there. So much so, the physical distancing could be an issue for some people. And they did have activities. They had poolside trivia and, and, and that type of stuff going on. At Polynesian, there were quite a few people there when we showed up too, but it wasn't, physical distancing wasn't too big of a problem at Poly as it was Kadani. And yeah, and how was Disney Springs? Fine. It's everything's, uh, it seemed like almost everything's open. It's more than what anyone could do in a day. That's for sure. I think we ate at Raglan Road. You know, once you sit down at the restaurants, you take your face mask off and everything seems like fairly normal. What are, where else did we eat at Disney? T-Rex, we ate there as well. Walking around with a face mask on, I think is a little bit easier than, than what people put to it, but we didn't stay out for several hours consecutively. At the most, we you know, we had it on for two hours. And here, when we made our way back from Disney Springs both times, and when we took the bus from Polynesian to Disney Springs, we were the only family 
on it. And the same thing when we went from Disney Springs back back to Beach Club both times, we were the only family. And had they installed, I know they've installed some plexiglass on the buses. Had they done that by the time you were riding them? Yes. Buses had dividers between different amounts of seats. So sometimes they would have two seats and then a divider, three or four seats, a divider, five seats and a divider. So they are planning for different group sizes to sit together. It's going to be interesting to hear how they have families board these buses. And then there's some marks on the seats as well that says, please do not sit here for your safety, not available. And the um, I'm assuming the buses were the only form of transportation running at the time. We used Uber a few times as well, just when we were in a hurry. Um, they come up, you know, there's little disclosures in the Uber app or whatever, but I think we used it two or three times. All three times, the cars were very clean, nice people. They were masked. We wore masks for them as well. It was same as usual, though. So you you experienced some of the sit-down restaurants, which Brittany wasn't really able to speak to when she came on. What was that experience like? Did you notice anything different in like the, the ordering process or the, the servers or anything like that? Um, a lot of differences. So when you walk into the restaurant, there are markings on on the ground. And that was every restaurant that we were by. Even when you were walking into the Beach Club Marketplace, beach, uh, Beaches and Cream didn't matter. They had the physical distancing markings on the ground, at least six foot in some cases. It seemed like a little bit farther between you and walking up to checking in. And you can also check in through the app as well, which I think we only did once. We had a handout, the little token that reminds you, you know, a little flashes up and vibrates, tells you your table's ready. Oh, yeah. Like the, the coaster pager kind of thing. Yeah, the little pager. Sorry. I couldn't think of the word. But think about that for a second. I don't want to touch one of those, right? So there's got to be a better way to do something like that. But there's definitely physical distancing when you're walking up, checking the counter, and then they walk you through, sit you down. There is, at all the table service, we experienced Sanaa, the two T-Rex and Raglan Road, Beaches and Cream. All of the restaurants have you scan a QR code. Uh, they set this little paper on the table and you scan that and it takes you to their menu. All of the table service restaurants did have kid menus for them to do their little doodling or, or whatever. They still had those, but I did like those QR code scannable menu. All of the servers wore masks. There's definitely some management walking around, checking in with guests. That was nice. That's a, that's That was the differences. Did they um, did they have you order through the online app or did you still do is it just the menu and you still ordered from the server? No, you still ordered through the server. The menu was very convenient, but uh, that's an interesting idea, and and I foresee that. Do you think of that's going to be in the future? I, I could certainly see them trying to implement it. You know, it seems like that's the direction that even you know, as I think about restaurants around us, like most of them have moved to some sort of online ordering system. I mean, it could be a boon to a company like a um, you know, like an Uber Eats or a you know, one of the delivery services, right, to simply market their online ordering system to a place like Disney to implement in their restaurants, even if you know they're not tying then into like the delivery piece of it, right? So I think it would be sort of fairly easy for them to implement that kind of a system, sort of limit the guest interaction with the the cast members. I could certainly also see them doing some version of that potentially on like the cruise line even. Um, I mean, they've, they've really expanded the cruise line app to sort of eliminate weights, right? Where it's, you know, instead of going down to the onboard booking desk, you know, you just sign up in the app and then it tells you when to come down, right? So I, I, I could see Disney kind of trying to do that sort of thing and try to limit the guest interaction with the, uh, the cast members unnecessarily. Did anything else catch your attention while you were there that was sort of like, you know, Brittany mentioned hand sanitizer was everywhere, but did you see any other changes that you were like, well, I'm really glad they did that and I hope that stays? 
Brittany was right. Those <laughs> those hand sanitizer stations are everywhere. Uh, entrances and exits, obviously, but there are also much more places than that as well. There are specific entrances and specific exits. They are just short of having arrows on the ground everywhere to tell you exactly where to go. Even walking into gift shops, the, po- the one the Polynesian kind of cracked me up. You know how there's that very wide, almost double or quadruple entrance slash exit right mm-hmm. in the main atrium right there when you walk into the left. They had half of that marked off as exit and half of it marked off as entrance. And you have to go in the entrance and out the exit. And at every entrance and every exit, they have data collectors on how many people are walking in and how many people are exiting. Well, I know at Disney Springs, they were doing temperature checking. Did you encounter temperature checks anywhere else in the park? Only entering Disney Springs, nowhere else. Well, Justin, let me ask this. How, dude, overall, you know, you had this resort stay down at down at Disney World. I think I asked Brittany the question, did did you feel like the stay was worth it? Right. Did you did you feel like you were still getting the value there? Because I think Disney charges a premium for its product. And I'm I'm always just sort of curious in this moment in time, did you feel like you got the value for the uh for the product? Well, for our family, and you know, I hinted at this before, we had five reservations last year. My wife and I went in February for Princess Half. She ran in that. Now our March reservation obviously got canceled. Our April one got canceled. We we had several lined up for this summer as well. For my family, yes, it was. Obviously, we're huge Disney fans with all those talking about all those reservations. We're annual pass holders. Now they expire July 3rd, and we probably will not renew until next summer. For us, going down there a lot, experiencing a lot, we, our next reservation is in December. This type of reservation was, was great. We woke up on day two, and my wife and I, you know, it's just a very different experience. I think I usually get up about 4.45 to, to 5.30 in the morning I'm consistently, even on Walt well, Disney World vacations, Disney Cruise Line vacations. I'm up with the workers, checking their work and getting on my jog. This one, I was definitely sleeping into seven and eight, which is very, very strange for me. Um, we woke up day two saying, wow, this kind of feels like a Disney cruise with the slow pace and just kind of eating breakfast whenever we felt like it. So for our family, to answer your question, yes, it was worth it. Now, if I if I change that a little bit for uh, and you were probably going to ask this, is, would you recommend it, you know, being a travel agent, uh, working with families, a wide variety of families? Actually, our trip in March was going to be with a family the same size as ours. Their son is a year younger than our son. Their daughter is a year younger than our daughter. It was going to be their first visit. For those people, I'll tell you right now, my wife, Tracy, and I are recommending to our clients to go next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the way you have to view this vacation at the moment is, you know, a resort stay. Right. So what you're really paying for, what you're guaranteed is to be able to go to a Disney resort, experience some, potentially not all, probably not all of its amenities. Many of the resorts will have a pool open. But what you're talking about is sort of that more traditional kind of resort stay vacation. That's what you're guaranteed. Right. What you may have the opportunity to do is get into the parks, depending on park reservation. And you may have the possibility to experience the rest of Disney. But that's not that's not at all guaranteed for annual pass holders. And so I think you have to sort of make the decision for yourself. Where do you want to have a if if you want a resort style vacation, where do you want to do that? For some people, you know, like for us living in the Pacific Northwest, that's a long haul plane ride to get a resort stay. We could we could drive a few hours and experience not a Disney resort, but a resort right? A resort stay and and have that experience for our family. And so I think, I I think you're right. I think you have to think through this sort of, you're really guaranteed a resort stay experience. And I think if this is to your point, this is your family's first time 
maybe your only time <laughs> to go to Disney World, I'd wait. I would wait. Oh, I would yeah, wait until yeah. things are open again. I'd, I'd just Most wait definitely. until things are open again and things are safer. Yeah. How do you feel in terms of safety? I guess that's the other question is sort of there's the, how do you feel in terms of value? But I think the more important question might be for a lot of people, like, did you feel safe? I, I felt very safe. And this is coming mm-hmm. from, uh, okay, I'm 38. I, uh, somewhat physically fit, you know, I run four to six miles a day and stuff like that, but I do have some underlying health conditions. Mm-hmm. I, I take a medication that suppresses my immune system. I'm sure some of your audience is probably like, well, what the heck? what is he going to Walt Disney World for? But no, um, I felt extremely safe the entire time. Yes, we have hand sanitizer in our backpacks. We had we took some Clorox wipes for the, the airport and uh, sitting on the airplane. I didn't even use them. At Disney, on the airplane, I, I felt extremely safe. I trust Disney uh, as far as other other guests. That's the variable that no one really knows about right now is what kind of approach will people have to their Walt Disney World visit? Will mm-hmm. will they take it as seriously as my family or the the party that I'm traveling with? But when it comes down to it, it's it's your safety is really on your shoulders. You know, if, if you don't physically distance from people or if you don't take advantage of that hand sanitizer over there, if you don't plan for it yourself, it, it's on you. So I felt very safe. Yeah. And that's I, that's the impression. I mean, Disney, I, I agree with you. I would trust Disney. I wonder about Disney's capacity or training to cast members to really intermediate some pretty difficult situations at the moment where, you know, a guest may not be wearing a mask and is a cast member going to approach them and say, can you, can you put the mask on? I don't know if you saw any cast members out there kind of trying to enforce the social distancing or not. Um, We did not see any cast members trying to enforce it, but like even there it was upper 90 you know you saw a few people not wearing face masks no one no cast members went over there to correct them but i hope you're right i hope that they do train their cast members to get in there and and tell people and take a stand and say you know what this is this is for everybody's safety you know what you do with yourself make sure that everybody does because when it comes down to it they're a business they're private business they can handle their business how they see it's it's one of the you know one of the things that sticks in the back of my mind about going now, if you, if, if you feel safe doing it, right, going now, you know, once the park's open, I think from there, it's an interesting question about, well, you know, it might actually not be all that unsafe to go to the park in an environment where it's practically empty and you can walk onto rides. You know, like, like that's that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. I mean, it's yeah, well, it's attractive to go to someplace like Universal right now to be able to walk onto Hagrid's. Right. I mean, like you could have a very interesting vacation if you can get a ticket, get a park reservation and get a, you know, get a hotel stay and you feel safe. Right. Um, yeah, any one of those doesn't happen. I'm not sure it's worth it. But, yeah, I think some of those local pass holders are going to be in for a very good time for a while when those park attendance levels are down, even after Disney has their numbers, I, I still I agree with you. I think they're gonna there's gonna be a time period when those locals are really gonna have a good time at those Disney parks. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very interested to see what happens for sure because we've got stays coming up in November and December. So yeah, for sure. Our December reservations overlap, so I might have to buy you a beverage somewhere. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. Right. <laughs> Maybe I'll finally make it to Trader Sam's. <laughs> well, Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your experience. You, you mentioned during the show that you uh, you have a travel agency. So uh, do you want to let folks know where they can find you if they're interested in booking a Disney vacation? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Our travel agency, the name of it is Adventure is Out There Travel. My wife and I can be found on Adventures by Educators So on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, hop over to Adventures by Educators. We do have a page and a, a private group for our clients. So please like our page and send me a message. Say hi. Well, great. Thanks, Justin. Thanks again for coming on and sharing your experience. Thank you. 
appreciate Justin coming on and just sharing his family's experience staying at the beach club recently. During this time, I want to be clear, as I was on our last bonus episode, we're not endorsing a trip down to Walt Disney World by any means. That's got to be a decision that's personal to you and your family and whether you feel safe going or not. But like I said last time, love to have people on to share their experiences, to hear what Disney's doing, uh, how they're feeling about going if they do go. And I want to share those experiences out with other people. So again, if you're out there listening and you had such an experience and you want to share it, we'd love to hear it. So uh, just reach out to us and let us know. And we'd love to have you on the show. In fact, I think we're gonna have a bonus episode next week with someone who's there staying at Disney World this week and who's got park tickets and is experiencing the parks to just tell us what that's like now that the we're moving past just resorts being open. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus episode this evening. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo. And please leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts if you have a second. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with the Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed in the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have any questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or Justin, uh, who is on tonight's show. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time for another fabulous adventure of the DCL duo. Stay safe and good night. Good night.